Hi, I'm Ryan Becker, and you're listening to the Rock Hill Seventh-day Adventist Church Official Sermon Archive. You can find more information about our church at www.rockhillsdachurch.org. We hope by listening to this message that you are encouraged and challenged in your walk with Christ. We as human beings like to put things in boxes, right? And put labels on them so that we know what they are, who they are, who they belong to. Don't touch that one. You can touch that one. This is for company. This is for every day. And we set aside this time of year, traditionally, to celebrate the first advent of our Lord and Savior. The first time he walked with us and talked with us and ate and went fishing. For those of you who like to go fishing, he went fishing a lot. He traveled. He walked. And this is the time that we remember that he came just the way, the same way you and I got here. With some tears. Some anticipation from the mom and the dad. Most of you sitting here have got children. And when you started planning your families... One of the most important decisions that you made is what will I name this child? And boy, can there be some family hoodoo about naming a child. Now, my mother came from a family of seven children. And I remember that my grandparents wanted to be involved in the naming of all the grandchildren. Well, their names were Clarence and Anna Mae. Good mountain names. Good sturdy mountain names. Clarence. Anna Mae. There was Lois and Rachel and Edna and George and Irie and Sybil and the one that I could never figure out because we called him Uncle Buddy Menta, M-E-N-T-A. Those were the seven of the Linder children. And my mother was the last to get married. She was the oldest, but she was the last to get married. So by that time, my grandparents had had a lot of experience trying to impose their will on the children for naming. So we had a Dorothy, which was a family name. And we had George Jr., we had two Davids and two Daniels and a Walter. I'm thinking my cousin's names. And finally my mom got married. And so they wanted to have, be involved in the naming of the two children that she became responsible for. Well, my brother was named after my father's side of the family. He was Earl Allen Royce III carrying on that family tradition. You knew what family he was part of, and he had the first name and the middle name. And then here I came. And I only know the story. Kind of like we only know the story. We don't know what went into all the 
hooting and hollering and the yelling, like, you can't name that baby that. Well, that will offend everybody on this side of the family or that side of the family. And they came up with Rebecca. Nobody on either side of the family had ever had that name. Why do you want to call her Rebecca? Well, it's a biblical name. It comes from the Old Testament. Well, so does Daniel. But Daniel's also a family name. And I, apparently there was quite the mess up. Because no one on either side, either my father's side or my mother's side of the family, had there never been a Rebecca. But they stood their ground. Now, Rebecca, if you go back to the Hebrew, the ancient Hebrew, means that which captivates or ensnares. Okay. And Royce, which was my maiden name, meant royal. Wow. I am royal and I can captivate you if we go by names. But do we do that today? Do we really think about the meaning of someone's name? Pat, I looked up your name. Patricia, I'm assuming that it came from Patricia. It means to be noble. To be noble and honorable. Ed, yours means to be a rich guardian. A guardian. That's a very important role. doesn't say rich in what. You know. Vivian, your name means life. To be alive. I looked up a few of them. My maiden name, by the way, means to be a seller of fish. I mean, my married name. To be a seller of fish, herring. I'd rather be royal. No, <laughs> no. But we don't go by names anymore, do we? So here is this young woman, a teenager, married. Visited by an angel. That's scary enough right there. Whatever you say, sir, I'll do it. Don't, don't ask too much, because <laughs> I'm just a little girl. And this man that we don't know much about, Joseph, who also was visited, and they were told that you shall call him Jesus. Now, Jesus, Jesus the literal translation, if you go all the way back and trace it through, the name goes back into the very beginnings of the Hebrew language. Yahshua which became a little modernized by the time the Roman Empire came around to Yeshua, which an Orthodox Greek will not say because it is the name of God. And it was Greek, Grecianized, Hellenized, that's the term, it was Hellenized into Yeshua's, that's the Greek translation, and the modern Romantic language translation as the Bible began to be translated into the spoken language of Western Europe. We come up with Jesus. But if you go back 
if you trace the name all the way back, Jesus means three words. God is salvation. That's a heavy name for a little baby to carry. And many, many little Hebrew boys were named that because each mother hoped that their son was the Messiah. So it was a common name. Very common name. God is salvation. We're also told that his name is going to be something else. And a name that is a little bit, not unknown today, Emmanuel. Anybody remember Emmanuel Lewis? Kid on the TVs back in, I think, the 80s, late 70s, early 80s. Emmanuel means he is with us. He with a capital H. God, Yeshua, is with us. God is salvation. God is with us. <sighs> Heavy names for a little baby. Were they family names for Mary's family or Joseph's family? We don't know. We can only fill in in our imaginations. But almost 800 years before that, a man by the name of Isaiah, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said, I'm going to tell you what his name is going to be. He's going to have so many names, you're not going to be able to keep track of him. His name shall be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I'll take any one of those if that's going to describe who I am. Because names have meaning. Even today, although we don't really think about it, names have meaning. And parents put so much of their heart and soul into naming a child. We all know this, this verse, don't we? For unto us a son is given, for a child is born, a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called. You can say it with me. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. What do those names mean? You ever thought about what they mean? If you really look into the meaning of the words. Now, I'm, I'm lucky. I've, I've had a little seminary training, and I know how to use a concordance, and I know how to use the research books and go back and look. A lot of us don't, but Google's a beautiful thing. One of the best inventions in my lifetime, I think, is Google because it knows stuff I don't know. And when you come to needing to write a report at school, don't use Wikipedia. But Google's a beautiful thing. I'm a teacher, so I can tell you, use Google. I see him smiling back there. Wonderful counselor. Now, some people say his name shall be called Wonderful. Stop. His name will be also Counselor. 
But the way the words fit together in Greek, he's the wonderful counselor. We think of counselors today not in the way this word was used, except in one area of our experience, which is the legal system. What is a counselor in the legal system? A lawyer. Someone who does what? He advocates for you, right? A lawyer. This is counselor in the sense of you come to him and he can evaluate what you, the actions or the feelings or the intentions are and come to a decision about them. He's a counselor in the sense of he is going to be able to evaluate and assist you in moving forward. This gives him the right to judge you. If his name is Wonderful Counselor, Wonderful Counselor, Superb, Supreme, the best one ever, top of the line, newest model, new and improved, brand new fragrance, you know, everything. Some of the Christmas presents I'm seeing advertised this year are just the same old Christmas presents in a new box. New and improved. Joy detergent hasn't changed since I've been a kid, but it's always new and improved because it's got a new color. He's the wonderful counselor. And he can assist us. He can evaluate. He can give us. No, Carlos, no, that's not the right thing to be doing right now. Let me give you some wise counsel. I think this is better for you. You get it? The wise counselor. He has the right to judge our actions and to comment on them to us. You ever thought about that name that way? The next one is the mighty God. How many gods do we have in our lives? We're only supposed to have one. I have one that's about this big and it sits next to my bed. And at 5.45 every morning, it slaps me and gives me commands. And I had better obey it. You ever thought about it? Time, letting time become your God. This is the mighty God, the one with all power. This little baby has a right to reign and to be the king and to tell you what to do. Not only is, does he have the right to counsel you, he has the right to make the rules. These are the rules. I love you. These are the rules. Yes, I love you, Carolyn, but these are the rules. It's my ball game. For I am the mighty God. You don't you can complain. Go ahead. I'm I'll listen to you. That's why I'm a counselor. That's why I'm your counselor. I will listen to you. 
and we'll evaluate it and we'll come to terms. But I am the mi- also, I am the mighty God. And it's my ball game. And you will play by my rules. I'll give you all the mulligans you can handle for those of you who are golfers. But I have the right to reign. The next name, the Everlasting Father. Now, everlasting, it will never end. I was a daddy's girl. I miss my daddy. I miss my father. I feel like an orphan. Because of the relationship I had with him was so dear and so precious to me. But I have an everlasting father who will never end. Who will always be my daddy. Who will always be my father. What does this give him the right to have with us? A relationship. Do we have relationships with the president of our country? How many of you have a relationship with President Obama? How many of you had one with President Clinton? President Bush? What? No relationship? With the person who tells you what to do and makes the rules? What kind of life is that? He doesn't know you. He doesn't know what's important to you. He doesn't know what you care about. He doesn't know how you feel, how you hurt. How can he do what's right for you? Or she, if we ever have a female president, which we probably will. I don't don't have any problems with that. He's the counselor who will guide us. He is the king who will set down the rules for us. He's our father who will have a relationship with us. Does it get any better than that, folks? Does it get any better than that? To be able to have a relationship with the mighty God. Because he is your father. And he loves you. He created you. You are precious in his sight. Now, I'm not saying anything against any present ever. But I don't think that Joe Schmo, who lives in Cat Fur, Arkansas, means much to, to the president at any given moment. Because he doesn't know them. Sort of in a nebulous a citizen concept, sure, I'm sure. I have a principal at my school that says she cares about every student at our school. Yeah, I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. But we have hundreds of students. She doesn't know every single one of them. She doesn't have a relationship with every single one of them. But he is our everlasting father. And not only does he have the right to have a relationship with us, 
He wants to have a relationship with us. He reaches out. You haven't talked to me today, Blanche. You haven't talked to me today. I'm, I'm here. Anything going on? He wants to have a relationship with us. And I said a moment ago, what could be any better than that? He has one more name. He's the Prince of Peace. Now, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. We said he's, he's the Mighty God, all in charge. Sets down the rules. Father... Isn't Prince going backwards? Isn't Prince going backwards? What about all the fairy tales you ever knew when you were a kid? Girls in particular. What was the job of the Prince? What was the job of the Prince, say, in Cinderella? To go rescue the princess, right? Or the girl that he wanted to be the princess. What about Snow White? Go rescue her. What about Sleeping Beauty? To wake her up to rescue her. And, and in every culture, I can go on and on, but all the cultures, the prince, not the king, the prince is the one who goes out and does the work and brings the, brings the lost soul back. As Prince of Peace, he has the right and the obligation to reconcile. To reconcile us to who? The Everlasting Father. The Mighty God. To each other. You ever needed to be reconciled with somebody that you cared about but you just didn't know how to go about it? Have you ever needed forgiveness from somebody you love but you didn't know how to ask for it? Have you ever needed to forgive but you were too embarrassed or, 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 or too stiff-necked? That's a great word out of the Old Testament, stiff-necked. To say, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have behaved that way. The Prince of Peace. That's his job. To establish peace. To bring us together. To reconcile us with the Father. Eight hundred years before he was born. Those are his names. So when the angel came to Mary and Joseph... And they said, and you shall call his name Jesus. God is salvation. All of those titles, all of those great titles and names were put in one word. Salvation. This child is it. This is it. That's not my favorite name. I have 
favorite name. Matthew, the Jew, the tax collector. When writing about the genealogy of Jesus so that he could validate everything he said by prophecy as he wrote down the story of his relationship with this unique person, said, In verse 23, Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. When the angel appeared to Joseph. All of this was done so that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Who was the prophet? 800 years ago, Brother Isaiah. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son. And they, interesting, not you, not you, not you, Joseph. They shall call his name Emmanuel. Who is they? Who is they? It's one of those words that we just run right by and don't even stop to think about. My middle name is they. I'm the one who says, he's with me. He's with me. The wonderful counselor, got him right here. Everlasting father, every day. Prince of peace, you betcha. Emmanuel, you're not going to call him Emmanuel. They will. As you sit here this morning, you are they. With the grace of God, you can be they. To say he is with me this morning, right here in Rock Hill, South Carolina, as I sit here. He is with me. Sitting right in, at the very same spot I'm sitting because he indwells me is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, God who is salvation. If this doesn't fill you with joy, what will? He's with me. What's in a name? Everything. Everything is in a name. So, as you go through t the rest of today and tomorrow and the aftermath. Because one of the things that always amuses me when Christmas is over is everybody says, well, it was great, but I wish this had happened. Or if this hadn't happened, I would have had a better Christmas. Or, well, yeah, you know, it just wasn't all I expected it to be. Here's my advice as your very unwonderful counselor. If Emmanuel is with you, you had the best Christmas ever.
And you're going to have the best December 26th and the best December 27th, the best December 28th, and the best... Because it doesn't get any better than that. Because the baby's best name, his best name is Emmanuel. They shall call him. Hi, they. How are you? They shall call his name Emmanuel. God with me. So Merry, Merry Christmas to each and every one of you. And I hope that he genuinely is with you. Our closing hymn.